0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning in to Nerdy for 30, the podcast where we talk about nerdyish things for 30-ish minutes. My name is Kevin Bauer. I'm joined as always by my co-host, comedian Tim Keck. And today we have the misfortune of talking to you about <laughs> The monsters 2022, directed by Rob Zombie. I sincerely hope you didn't watch this movie. It is my sincerest hope. We talked, our last episode, I think, was on Barbarian, and we spent the first third of the podcast. We didn't get to a lot of things we should have gotten to in the podcast (laughs) because we spent the first third of this thing talking about how you should shut the podcast off and go see the movie. This is the exact opposite. Turn the volume up on the podcast. Glue your smartphone into your hand. Just make sure that you don't have the Netflix app installed because I swear to God, if your thumb accidentally slipped and turned on the monsters, you will regret it for the rest of your life.
1: Kevin I think nerdy for 30 needs like an electoral college for our voting system like we need (laughs) we need some like gerrymandering we need some we need some sort of like political hoofla to make sure that atrocities like this don't ever happen to us again you voted the monsters was in you made us to why who was looking forward to this I feel like this was a prank on us but we did it we watched it and I think people should watch this movie just to see what we sat through for like two hours. This is a long, gosh, how long was it? It felt like it took forever. Yeah, it took, it took an eternity. Kevin, this might be one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. This is probably one of the worst things I've ever seen before. And I saw a car accident that killed 10 people. <laughs> and this monsters movie, somehow I had more nightmares about this monsters movie than I did about that moment. It's, it was it's baffling it's almost unwatchable it's nothing like the monsters (laughs) you're right it did fail out of the gate (laughs) immediately it was like oh this isn't the the dry family sitcom i remember it's like I'm like where's the kids oh it's them before they had the kids who gives a shit like this sucks just everything about this sucked there was nothing redeemable about it even like the way uh, Herman his like skin color you know I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't normally don't say this about anybody but his skin color was hard to look at (laughs) it was like this neon green it was like the worst kind of green Kevin you're you do marketing stuff and you know real life Is that like the most vile green you've ever seen in your life? It disturbed me every time I saw it. It was always like too bright for the situation. I don't I don't know. I was. The design of these characters was crazy. Yeah. Can I tell you something? And I
0: am dead serious about this. I don't know, because about 15 minutes into the movie, I went into my TV settings and I turned the TV to black and white. (gasps) Oh, I swear to God, because number one, I was like, there is nothing that can happen in the other hour and 45 minutes that I'm going to have to sit through the monsters that is going to make me wonder if maybe I made the wrong choice by switching it to black and white. And in the meantime, I was like, maybe it being in black and white is going to help give it
1: more of that monster's flair. I will tell you this. It did not. Wow. I'm I'm so jealous. I didn't think of that. That's actually a brilliant I think that would have made the movie more watchable for me. I'm not even joking. I think think that would have helped a lot.
0: I think it really did. Like I have called movies unwatchable before, but never before this did I mean that they were actively hard to look at. My eyes wanted to avoid the screen. My eyes were going everywhere else in the room. How I, it was, I felt a little bit bad coming into this because I was like, look, I know we're going to talk shit on this movie for you know, 25% of the runtime tonight. And I know that Rob Zombie directed this because he really, really loves the monsters. Rob Zombie has been trying to make a monsters movie since 2002. And And in defiance of God, someone
1: allowed it to happen. Whoever made the, whoever greenlit this thing should be, fucking I don't know they should be forced to watch this movie <laughs> they're, they're terrible human beings and they did a terrible thing and they should be punished for it it's awful. Well, that's
0: what's crazy to me is that he loves the monsters and this is what he did nothing about this bears any resemblance to the monsters the tv show
1: it's he, crazy have you seen the monsters a lot like do you have any connection with the monsters I remember them vaguely I remember seeing them like, I feel like it was like a nick at night thing, mm-hmm. right? Growing up, they were like these black and white things. and it was like I remember being like very dry. It was basically just mapping like a dry family sitcom on the fact that they are monsters, you know, and right. i was I was so flummoxed after the movie that I just YouTubed clips. and one of the things was like <laughs> was like Herman Munster going to college to try and get his niece like to like pay his niece's tuition and mm-hmm. they think he's a student athlete. And they recruit him to their college basketball team. And then it turns out he's amazing at basketball. And I'm like, oh, this is the kind of dumb, like slapstick thing that I'm expecting from this. Nothing that charming at all in this. It's it's rough. It's real rough.
0: I'll tell you why, Tim, because what you just described is a plot, which is something that this movie sorely (laughs) lacks.
1: Zero plot. There's nothing. Zero plot in this. I think my my best
0: guess. I was thinking about it afterwards. My best guess is that this was like four episodes of a TV show that he wrote that he decided to just make one two hour movie instead, because there are, I guess kind of like four, I would never, never give it the credit of calling it an arc, but there are four chunks that make up this wad of a movie. And Each of the chunks is about 30 minutes long, which makes me think that maybe those were supposed to be episodes. There's not a story arc in sight. I don't think there's conflict. I don't think anyone changes or learns anything. They just kind of like drift aimlessly from scene to scene. People aren't acting. People aren't acting. I, I don't I don't know what they're doing. I have no idea. I know that everybody that's in this movie is like a friend of Rob Zombie, which right, makes total right. sense because there's right. no other reason these human beings would be in this. He's not, I know that like Fred Gwynn, the guy that played Herman Munster in the show, is a beloved character actor. Everybody loved this guy. You watch clips of the monsters. I watched clips as well. I paused the movie halfway through and pulled up some monsters clips because I was like, maybe I just don't remember. And this is the tone from the show. It is not. Uh, He has such a charming dry delivery in that show. Yes. And this guy is not doing a Fred Gwynn impression, which I don't think he should do a Fred Gwynn impression. But at least you would think that tonally you want it to be in the same world. You know, we talked about Lemony Snicket's The Series of Unfortunate Events a couple episodes ago and we talked about Paddington too. And uh, I went back and rewatched that one because you were talking about Jim Carrey playing count Olaf in it. Yes. And I remember being like, Oh, that was a ton of fun. I wonder if it holds up. It totally does. Uh, it's, it's amazing. He's so good. It's a blast. It's so much fun. And then I put on the Netflix original series. Cause I remember Dave, shout out Dave Ravalides liked that when it came on and Neil Patrick Harris, isn't doing a Jim Carrey impression. And I mean, huge shoes to try to fill, to come into like that sort of a role after Jim Carrey, but he still manages to play in the same tone, but make it distinctly a Neil Patrick Harris character. And it works
1: this guy. I mean, what the anybody, what the fuck are they doing with these characters? I think the biggest difference is that Neil Patrick Harris is talented. He's like, (laughs) he has any talent whatsoever I want to touch on the acting because you, as you said, they are all just friends of Rob Zombie. There are no there's the guy who played grandpa, it's like Daniel Roebuck, who looks like maybe like played the dad in like a Disney Channel show. Like that's I feel like I, I recognize him vaguely. Mm-hmm. Everyone. Oh, and then Floop, who was who's uh, Hurley from Lost. Yeah. Everyone else, it seems like is at least the main characters are just friends of Rob Zombie. The, the lead Lily is Rob Zombie's wife. Yeah. And her her entire body of work is just being in Rob Zombie stuff and like two stints, like one offs on on television shows where I'm sure she's just playing like a corpse or someone who's killed off, like within the first 30 seconds. Like these are not talented people and they they probably have never seen the monsters before. I was there were moments where I kind of liked the Herman Monster. He had moments where I'm like, "Oh, I kind of get how like this part of his character makes sense." The Lily Munster impression, I was like, "What the fuck is it?" She was doing this like thing with her hands and she was like, "Oh, what?" she's like speaking very high and, "Oh my god, you're so silly, Herman." And I'm like, "I don't remember this at all. What was the This isn't how this isn't how Lily Munster acts or talks, I don't think. I don't think. I don't remember that at all." I mean, and then I guess this is them when they're younger, so maybe you can brush it off as like, you know, you watch the monsters and they're like more grown up and mature because they're like more slow and like whatever. But I'm still like, this is this this Lily character was someone who's never seen this before, and my God, what a task to like put on your friends too. Like he knows they're bad actors. Like there's no way he he thinks they're good actors, and he's just like. Hey, do this oh we're doing an homage to this sitcom with good with talented actors and performers and we need you to do impressions of them and both of the impressions are like so fucking off. it's it's bad like how did this happen it's baffling that this even happened. It's insulting. And I don't even really give a shit about the monsters to be honest. I kind of like the show I I but I was offended on behalf of everyone who'd ever worked for the monsters anyone who cared about the monsters this God. I was offended as someone who has attempted to tell a joke before
0: this movie has the worst sense of humor I've ever seen. There are so many moments in this where it's like Lauren was asking whether a laugh track would have helped it. And yes, I I don't. Think it would have because, like, uh, sitcoms have a reputation for having things. You look at some of the Chuck Laurie stuff, like the Big Bang Theory. There are moments in those where people say things that are not jokes, but the rhythm is there. And so the crowd responds because they know they're supposed to laugh at this beat in the dialogue, even though what they just said was just at best a non sequitur. In this, we're not even getting non sequiturs. We'll just hold on a character for a little bit and then. Uh, she'll like twist her fingers or twiddle her fingers or a little bit and leave. Um, the scene in the very beginning where she shows up for the date and just kind of drifts toward the camera for a while. And then there's like a weird, like slow motion thing where they kind of like crossfade and spin around each other and then just start having a conversation. I think You could have made a joke. I was excited when I started seeing her approaching really slowly because you could make a joke out of that, like Austin Powers style. When the dude with the like, I don't know what the thing's called, that like flattens, it's got the roller on the front, is driving it. um, Michael McDonald really slowly and he's going like, no, no. And he won't get out of the way and it smushes him. I thought, you know, maybe we were getting one of those. She's just approaching really, really slowly and we keep getting the same cut multiple times. And. Now I have no idea if it was supposed to be a joke at all. I think it was just a really bizarre choice that was
1: made. And I don't know why it was made. It's not delivered like a joke. There's a way in which it would be a joke, like where someone's like, and here's Lily. And then then she's coming out and then they cut back to Herman, who's like waiting and then cut back to her and she's still moving. This is not it's just every time she enters a room, it's like a still shot of her for like 15 seconds. Of her just like sliding in. Nobody reacts to it. It's very weird there. I didn't laugh a single time in this, mm-hmm. a single. T- there was nothing even remotely funny about this. There was nothing even close to a joke. I think a laugh track would have made it more watchable. Just I don't think I would have laughed at anything, but like laugh tracks, laugh tracks are proven to make these kinds of shows better. Like the original mm-hmm. had a laugh track. I think there's something comforting about that. But the thing with the bit with laugh tracks is that everybody hates them. Everyone says they hate them when they're watching a show. God, I hate I hate watching Friends because of the laugh track. But but the laugh track is proven to make these shows funnier. It's like a trick. There's been like studies on it. People enjoy things more with the laugh track, which is why all these sitcoms that are bad, like they do them. Question. And so it's you. Mi- yeah.
0: Oh, sorry. No, what I was going to say. Do you think that? some of the weird shots might be because it had a laugh track and the laugh track was taken out because there are a lot of things like you mentioned where a character will come on screen and it will linger for a while. So maybe there was like a, like a sitcom reaction. I, my conspiracy theory is still that this was four episodes and maybe a laugh track doesn't work for a two hour thing the same way it works for like a half hour.
1: I think he was like, I think Rob Zombie was like, what if I turn the monsters into a good movie? And that was what his mindset was. And that was his his thought process going in. I think that's what he that's what he was. I think he was like, there's a way to tell this story without a laugh track, without the sitcom thing. I love these characters so much. I want to see what else is out there for them and take the restraints of a sitcom off of them. Oh, my God. What's left is an incoherent story that would be better served if it actually was a sitcom and it's not the The plot I want to you mentioned how, how bad the, the lack of plot is and there's like no conflict mm-hmm. these characters are presented with a ton of times to generate conflict and then there is none Herman Munster signs away their castle mm-hmm. he basically just gives away their house the dad is mad at him the count is mad Lily's disappointed and then he said it's fine we'll move to California and get a new house and after that him and the counter like best friends yeah it just it just happens like it's it's crazy to me it's like this guy screwed you over he's an oaf he just married your daughter and now they're father and son because he's like it's fine we'll go to California we don't have any money whatever everyone's character changes they're a loving family and then the end of the movie <laughs> Is not the resolution of anything. It's just straight up them winning the lottery, basically. Yeah. So and then they all laugh. And then the movie's over. And I I really sat back and just said, Oh fuck you. I was so goddamn like what a fucking waste of our time. There's literally there's no arc. There's nothing. They move into a it's just following them around as they do shit. It it's the lack of talent on and behind the camera is is baffling absolutely flummoxing i i don't know i thought rob zombie was like okay too as like an actor or as a director but i mean all the good he's ever done in his life has been canceled out by the the evil he's done with this project it's incredibly really horrible stuff
0: It's incredible. I want to try to explain how bad the attempts at humor are in this script for people that, again, hopefully did not even try to watch this movie. So (laughs) they there's a joke kind of early on in the movie where and I should do scare quotes around the word joke where uh, the count is on the phone with his son and the son is trying to get him to enter into a business deal and the count presumably is trying to express how badly he does not want to go into business with his son because the son gets involved in bad business deals the son owes people a lot of money he has a lot of debts he's a bad businessman so uh the joke is and i'm i'm pretty sure i'm getting this almost dead on the joke is uh go into business with you I would rather go into business with Jack the Ripper, or should I say Jack the Tipper, which by the way, terrible tipper, 5% for everything, never anymore. Anyway, I don't want to go into business with you. But like, it's this weird aside that takes up way too much time and what he's saying, but the aside isn't worth it. And also the premise of it doesn't make sense because why would he be mad about going into business with Jack the Ripper, if Jack the Ripper is a terrible tipper, you don't tip your business partner. The premise is flawed. This house is built on a foundation of sand and trash bags. There's absolutely no strong basis for this joke to exist. And yet here it is. And it might
1: be the most identifiable attempt at a joke in the movie. I... I feel like we could just spend the next we could spend a half hour just talking about the Jack the Tipper joke. I think it's so it's so fucking stupid. You're right. It doesn't make any sense. I knew I the one moment where I was like, oh, there are jokes in this is they showed like a shot. I think of either their house, the Munsters house mm-hmm. or the house where Herman was being created. And there were all these signs on the front and they were like, quote unquote, funny. They were like gag signs, you know, like. You know, live dead girls don't come in was one that I saw what
0: live dead girls was like a neon sign that I saw somewhere. Yeah.
1: <laughs> live dead girls. I saw something that was like, please stop coming here. We're tired of hiding the bodies, yeah. you know, and things like that. And for some reason, it just didn't even. i had been so bludgeoned to death by that point with just like monotony and nothing. It's hard to pick up on any of those jokes. You know, it's like a sight gag. Like, that's what we get after all this. I've been listening to dialogue for two and a half hours and I get a sight gag. I gotta tell
0: you, I think part of the problem is that like the sight gags at least work as gags because they are turns of phrase on something we expect like, uh, live dead girls instead of live nude girls and the cleverness because it's live and in person and they're dead. Like I get it. It's, it's very, it's very mad magazine of them,
1: but like hacky to me, I, I, it is. I mean,
0: yeah, it's like it is. But there's also a lot of stuff where the, again, quote unquote jokes fall flat because we don't know what the base reality is in this world. Yes. I. It was driving me insane in the flight scene where they said that it was nice of the flight attendants to upgrade them to first class. So they are in, uh, for the listener, they are in. In airplane cabin, there is no one else visible in the airplane cabin. The monsters are talking to each other and saying it's so nice that they upgraded us to first class. Although it's so strange that when they got up there, the rest of the first class passengers ran to the back of the plane. Okay, so theoretically, you know, we know what's going on, people are afraid of the monsters. Then a flight attendant comes up and uh Fred Munster or Fred Herman Munster uh, asks if he can get another drink, which presupposes that he has gotten a few drinks already from this flight attendant. He asks the flight attendant what the name of the drink was. She whispers it back, but she doesn't whisper it like she's afraid. She whispers it like she's trying to keep her voice down. So immediately there's another question. Is she afraid or is she keeping her voice down for some reason? What's going on? Because it would make more sense if she was afraid, like all the rest of the people on the plane, but nothing about her body language suggests that she's afraid. She goes back to get him another drink. When she comes back to serve him the drink, she's wearing a helmet and a parachute. And after giving him the drink, completely (laughs) calm, not acting afraid at all, she proceeds to walk up to the front of the plane and open up the emergency door and suck herself out the window. Best possible interpretation of that, again, is that people are afraid of the monsters. But then when they're getting off of the plane, the pilots are helping Herman Munster, who's acting drunk because of all the drinks that he had. Uh, they're helping him onto the tarmac, but they have no problem throwing him over their shoulders. They're not afraid of him at all. They both look like normal people. To make matters worse, the airline they're flying on, is Transylvania Air. So if we go from it from the perspective of, okay, well, when we saw all the monster people at the beginning of this movie, they were living in Transylvania, and that's why it was normal, because the base reality there is that everyone's a monster person, then you would assume that a fucking airline that flies back and forth from a place filled with monster people would have <laughs> some <laughs> exposure to monster people.
1: Am I fucking crazy? No, you're not crazy. I also, I also want to point out that they were helping him down the stairs because the drink he was drinking was a Shirley Temple, right? And he somehow got drunk on Shirley Temples, which is again like not even a joke. It's not even slapped to stick. It's nothing. You're right. You raised two good questions: Who is afraid of the monsters, and who are the monsters afraid of? Wow, I don't know. It's not consistent. The monsters see normal people all the time at the end of the movie, they walk outside and they see normal people and it's the scariest thing they've ever seen in their lives. Oh shit. Yeah. So the monsters are scared of normal people. Normal people are generally scared of the monsters unless they're not. And it's, it's baffling. There's just nothing. It's crazy. And the idea that they, I guess Transylvania is all monsters. Is that the, is that the gimmick they're playing? Because there are whole like, alleyways it looks like there's a whole village of monsters that these people go to for dates and there's concerts and there's like monsters walking around Mm -hmm. and then they go to paris and there's no monsters there's no like monster community there's just people so then they just wander around and when people see them they're scared of them and then they go in the sewer and capture something but but wouldn't they be seeking out if Wouldn't they be seeking out other groups of of monsters? Like, wouldn't they be? Isn't it? I was picturing maybe it's like Harry Potter where there's like a wizarding world here and then you go to London. But actually, you're visiting the London Harry Potter world or you go to New York and there's like the the American Ministry of Magic. There's nothing like that for the monsters. They just see normal people that, again, they aren't scared of, but everyone's scared of them. And it's it's crazy. It's just it's truly inconsistent and wild.
0: The, the thing with that, Tim, is that you would assume then, okay, well, maybe the rest of the world doesn't know about Transylvania being filled with monsters. But then we have the travel agent making fun of them and saying, huh, what do you expect? They are from Transylvania. So what does she know about Transylvania? Um, <laughs> I, I mean, dude, I the lack of any kind of consistency what the fuck is this movie? Why are we doing any of this? Did they want to be doing this? If they didn't want to be making this, I would understand it. But the fact that Rob Zombie claimed that he loved the source material, he spent twenty years trying to make this, and this is what he made. I mean,
1: something doesn't add up. It's crazy. Something doesn't dude. add the, up. <laughs> the lay, the lack of consistency in anything the monsters do is is baffling. I mean, that clip that I. That I mentioned earlier is like like Herman goes to college. They recruit him as an athlete. They're not. The people aren't seeing him for the first time. They are not scared of him. Mm -hmm. Maybe I forget. Maybe some people in the sitcom world are scared of him. Maybe some aren't. Maybe some are scared when they first see him. But they they do a gimmick. (laughs) The airplane gimmick is perfect. They do a gimmick where a woman is so scared. She throws herself out of an airplane. They also don't like kick them off the flight. And they they somehow force every first class passenger into the back of the plane. They put them in the front row. The pilots are not afraid of them at all. The pilots love them. And this woman would rather fall through the air. I mean, she's a flight attendant. How much parachuting experience does this woman have? Is It'd she like none. is she certified? How many jumps does she have under her belt? She would rather take the risk of diving solo, I think potentially for the first time, than continue on a flight with some guys who are scary looking but haven't done anything scary or hurtful or inconsiderate at all.
0: Which is also, let's punch this up right now, it becomes a funny joke if the premise is not that people are afraid of them, but if the premise is that they are such dull, boring people that people are willing to jump out of a plane to get away from them. Now we're talking. Like, we immediately have something here because the pilots haven't had to spend that much time with these people, but the flight attendant has had to keep serving this guy, Shirley Temples maybe 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 that's what they were going for but i don't think it is
1: i think that's just a better idea that we just had i don't think it is it'd be funny if they were if there was something else about them that was alienating yeah it would be also be funny like again paddington 2 greatest movie of all time nobody ever acknowledges the fact that he's a bear as a weird thing mm-hmm People just refer to him, oh, he's just a tiny bear. People that meet him aren't like, what the fuck's this bear doing here? They just like accept the fact that a bear's here. Mm. And that could be an interesting way to just do a monster thing. That's a great angle that they could have done the whole thing as, you know? Yeah. Or they stick with the fact that people are scared of them and just everything that entails. And then why would they be scared of them? I mean, it's crazy. It's you just, fucking it's just weird.
0: It's weird. So I was reading about the monsters in the Adams family. And believe me, that is a way deeper wormhole than I thought, or a way bigger yeah. rabbit hole. It's some kind of a hole. You go in there. Uh, so part of the whole adaptation feud of the monsters and the Addams Family was that the monsters TV show back in the 60s was developed by the people that had worked on Leave it to Beaver. So it was all very wholesome, family focused, very traditional sitcom. Yes. Whereas the Adams Family TV show was developed by some people that had previously worked with the Marx brothers. So it was a lot more subversive, it was a lot more like explicitly satirical. Um, and I think that is just, I, it would suggest that, yeah, the way to go with the Munsters is you go the Paddington route, you just <laughs> let them be normal people that everybody else is completely okay interacting with. They just happen to have these weird things about them because the Adams family is doing great with the whole angle of people being weirded out by the Adams family. Like don't even try to fight that fight. Adams family. I haven't seen the animated movies. I hear they're fucking awful,
1: but my
0: God, the ones from the nineties were so good.
1: I love those movies. I remember there was like a cartoon Mm. that I used to see every once in a while that was good. The Adams family is is awesome, but the Adams family, I think you hit the nail on the head. The Adams family heightens. So the parents, uber sexual. They are like all over each other constantly. Mm-hmm. The, the the dad, right, is like always kissing his wife. talking about how incredible she is. He pulls out gloves, slaps people. He's fencing all the time. Like they are just extreme characters. Mm-hmm. And then the kids are like constantly killing stuff. They're like trying to kill each other. There's just like so much violence in this. And the monsters somehow do neither. They're not over the top. There's no violence. They aren't even necessarily doing anything scary other than eating scorpion casserole. Like they don't they're eating weird things, but they're not really doing anything that would be considered scary. They're not Hmm. trying to kill anybody. They're not trying to eat anybody. They're not mean to people. They're just Weird, man. I don't know. Yeah. It sucked. I feel like I'm done talking about. It. You got anything else you want to add? To yeah, I do want to do <laughs> to one thing about the stuff? Adams
0: family. Um, so <laughs> part of what's fun about the Adams family is that the uh, Morticia and Gomez Adams relationship is, yes. like I said, it's satirical. It's a spin on your traditional like portrayal of a family. But I love that what the Adams family does is it takes this family that is quote unquote weird, but you see that the stuff that they're doing is actually. You know, displaying what's weird about our normal conventions of day to day life and in being an inversion of the relationship that we expect between a husband and wife on a sitcom, you end up getting a very positive, very loving relationship between a husband and a wife. Morticia and Gomez's Adam's Morticia and Gomez Adams relationship in the movies is like something to strive for. It's really it nice. Is. They're deeply in love with each other. It's so nice to see as opposed to like the whole king of queens bullshit. It's, I don't know. It's really funny to me. And uh, Adam's family for yeah. life,
1: man. The monsters can fucking eat my butt. <laughs> uh, Adam's family for life. Their goals, man. Their goals. goals family dude. values. Incredible. And the when people are like weirded out by the Adam's family, but mm-hmm. they're not scared. But the Adam's family are human beings. Right. So there's like a thing where they're like uh, they're they're unnerved by the Adams family, and that's a better gimmick than, at least it's a gimmick. At least it's a choice. I don't know the Adams Ad- yeah. family over monsters any day, man. Whenever the new Adam Sandler movie or <laughs> no, Adam Sandler, Addams, <laughs> the Adam
0: Sandler family. Got,
1: I want to see an Adam and an Adams family wow. movie where Adam Sandler plays all the roles. It's out there. He has. He can dig deep and do it. He played twins. He can play every member of this family and be all over himself uh, as the parents. It would be incredible, wow. incredible performance. I'd be. And I also land like, and zero cuts, you know, so it's like him. It's like a one man show and he has to <laughs> play all the characters and he's swapping wigs. I think that would be incredible, phenomenal. The Adam Sandler family would, would take off. I think
0: Tim, that idea sounds horrible, but it sounds a lot better than the monsters. by Rob Zombie. <laughs> uh, I had previously more. said that Fant for sick. From 2015 is the worst movie i've ever seen this is gunning for it the monsters is right down there with fan four stick
1: it's Holy shit. i didn't think it was nightmare. possible <laughs> oh, boy. so thanks again everyone who voted we appreciate it keep voting we'll see you in november for the
0: votes <laughs> yeah jesus christ anybody that voted for the monsters i will find your ip address i will block you from voting
1: you are no You're longer sick. welcome are sick human beings you're monsters for making the monsters are our problem oh, what a mess
0: well hey we'll be anyway. back here next week with a way better movie <laughs> Hocus Pocus the original one
1: although I hear Hocus Pocus 2 ain't bad ah, I'll tell you spoiler alert for Hocus Pocus this was a rough week for Tim not oh, gonna lie no. oh, this is Tim. a rough week man anyway thank you all for listening tune in next week and stay nerdy baby. Stay nerdy. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Ugh. That was brutal. That was so <laughs> bad, dude. Dude, fuck Rob Zombie. I'm never listening to a Zombie. Rob Zombie song again. I'm never watching the first Halloween. You know, I remember the first the second Halloween he did sucked. I'm trying to think of any other Rob Zombie movies. He did I th- like I think they're all ju- they're probably all just bad. House of a Thousand
0: Corpses. He did like uh, the devil's rejects.
1: A lot of they're movies probably, with incredible probably should names. Have been 500 corpses. <laughs> it should have been 500 corpses. And why is he making a movie about the rejects? Why is it the devil's favorite favorites? You know, <laughs> he's making movies about the duds. I mean, this guy, this guy has no talent. He's a, he's a fucking hack. Have he's you heard of Dragula? Zombie? Yeah, it's the only thing I know. It's got to be like about a, a vampire's car, right? Like that's what the Dragula is. Has to be. Has to be. <laughs> Probably fucking they runs on blood. The ditches and burn through the like, what, the, what the fuck are you talking about, Rob Zombie? This is this is the least relatable shit I've ever heard.